everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Upon Further Review, Episode 8. I'm Kevin Sherrington. I'm Barry Horn. Evan Grant. Can you sign in, Evan Grant, from Baltimore? I'm signing in via satellite communication or however it is that I'm getting to you uh, today from Baltimore. Uh, I am here in spirit and it, voice, if not body. You know, I just I just saw Interstellar last night for the first time. Are you in this dimension, Evan? Are you in Are you in the uh, the fifth dimension or whatever it was? That... Kevin, let's. Well, I am never in the same dimension as you or Barry, or most of the American population. I don't. Believe. I think you were in the fifth dimension with Marilyn McCoo, weren't you? Yeah, that's it. And Billy Davis Jr. Oh. Yeah, you just got Barry excited talking about the fifth dimension. Oh, would you like to ride? Hey, anyway, all right, Evan. Tell us now. We're going to start off with these Rangers because they're a, they're a big story. Is Josh Hamilton back or not? Uh, he well, he will be back on Tuesday night with the club. The question is, uh, who goes, guys? The question is, who, who who leaves for Josh Hamilton? And I really think right now there's only one of two ways the club can go. And 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 certainly by the time that, that everybody hears this, it'll it'll all be resolved. But the the, the cases are for either moving Hanser Alberto back to AAA. He hasn't played in a week, and Rugnet Odor is so hot right now that you cannot take this guy out of the lineup. Uh, the other case, which which I think might be even more significant, is is Joey Gallo. And, and no! The time has come for Gallo to go back to AAA. It's just a question of did, did they do it with Hamilton? Do they wait for DeShields later in the week? What, what do they do? But... I, I think you guys have seen Joey in the last couple of days walk back from the plate after strikeouts with with slumped shoulders and kind of a slow shuffling gait, and in the you know it, it almost looks like Barry going to dinner is, is how depressing it is. Um, but it, it's Evan. It's I am always oh, 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 oh I am always in a hurry to get to my next meal, so it couldn't be me. I, hey, I, I you know I can I'm trying to paint the people a visual is what I'm trying to do, Barry. Be accurate. Let's let's not paint Barry into any of these visuals, please. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. So here here's the situation with with Gala as as I see it with him. Every swing, a huge hack. Uh, now I realize that's what you're going to get with him. You know you know he's going to strike out a lot. You know the 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 plus side of that is he's going to hit a lot of home runs too. But at what point, when they send him back down, will they say to him, Joey, we got to work on his swing a little bit. we got to shorten it up just a little bit. I think that all comes down to, to two-strike approach. Um, you know, you don't want to take away from him that tower swing. Uh, that, that is his, his exceptional tool. And really, if you look around the game right now, uh, finding legitimate home run power, consistent home run power, exceptional power, might be as rare or rarer than finding a, a top a top flight pitcher. So I don't think they want to change that. But I do think what they'll say is, okay, what did you learn from this month in the big leagues? And and what what was your two strike approach? And, and and what do you think the difference is in, in approaching two strikes in the big leagues versus the minor leagues? And and, and, and I think those are the questions that, that he'll go through and that, that's why I think this has been a great learning process for him. Look for, for by and large, he has at least defended himself pretty well um, at the plate. He showed the Rangers an ability to to run at the big league level. That triple on Monday night, uh, I was really impressed with the speed he showed off going going to third base. He showed an ability to at least stand in left field and center field and make them think that, that in a pinch he could move around the diamond. Um, 
but I think there's some things offensively that were that will go back when he goes to Round Rock will be will be projects for him to work on. And and, and number one is going to be okay. We can't be an automatic out when we get the two strikes with you. We we've got to figure out what we can do with at two strikes. And 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 so that's where I think they'll they'll start with him once they get him back to the minor leagues. You know, the best part about this for me with, with Joey was, you know, they, they handled it well. You know, going in, they said, this is just going to be a little trial here. We're just going to bring him up, get him, let him get a taste of this, work on a few things when he when he goes back down, when Adrian comes back. And, of course, there was the unspoken, and if he does great, well, then we'll figure out something else. You know, I think it, I think it is time for him to go back down and work on that kind of thing. But the plus side of that is, is that one of the guys that I thought may have worked himself out of a position if Joey was going to keep hitting the way he did when he started is Mitch Moreland. Let's talk about what has he done this year to make you think that it's no longer a matter of him having a hot streak every once in a while and then and then going cold. Before Evan, before you start giving us numbers, let me just say I guaranteed Mitch Moreland's great June when I called for him to be sat down in favor of Gallo. <laughs> now, now tell us what a great June Mitch Moreland had, Evan. Uh, you know, guys, I feel like in my head it feels like I've, I've almost said this to you a little bit earlier. Um, in another dimension. In another dimension and in another um, uh, attempt at recording this. But the the biggest thing for Mitch Moreland right now is he stayed healthy through June. And in the past, he's always had something come up in June. And, and health may be a relative term because I think he's dealing with some degree of, of some hamstring issues right now on, on, on the basis. Um, but... You look at the the last three years, he's gone on the DL at some point in time in June. If you go back to 2011, he had um, uh, he had wrist problems the entire second half, and most people trace that back to uh, a mid June game. And, and so, if you look at his numbers from June of 2011 through June of 2014, for the month, he had a total of seven home runs and 19 RBIs. This month, he's got seven home runs and 21 RBIs. And I think where the Rangers feel like uh, he has succeeded is, A, he stayed on the field. Even when he had that two-week deal stint in May, he really was out about four days and kept swinging, so he didn't lose his timing. He, he's, he's had a more consistent approach at the plate and, and stayed with it and not tinkered as much. And i got to tell you that I also think – that if you look back at the history of Mitch Moreland, he came up here in 2010 with Clint Hurdle as his hitting coach. In 2011, Dad Bosley was his hitting coach. Uh, it, but before the season was out, Scott Coolball was his hitting coach. 2013, the Rangers went to Dave Magan as a hitting coach. The guy has had a hundred different voices in his head um, as he tried to get established as a big leaguer. And I think now having had this being his third year with Magan and and, and getting to actually know a hitting instructor here, I I think there's been, there's been a level of consistency and message and a level of, um, uh, how the, how the message is delivered that's, that's made some sense to Mitch. What now? I want to ask you this question because they're in Baltimore, uh, where there's a guy named Chris Davis playing for the Orioles that at one point was considered maybe the worst trade John Daniels ever made. Right now, who would you rather have, Mitch Moreland or Chris Davis? <laughs> yeah, you know, if you base it right now on, on where they're at off, offensively this year, you know, you'd probably take Moreland. Um, uh, you know, Chris has 
Chris has that that one big year to his credit at this point in time, and and I still think Chris is is as good a defensive first baseman as, as I've watched in a long period of time. Mitch has become a a very good defensive first baseman, but but not necessarily um, uh, uh, is 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 as outstanding as Chris is. Um, you know, Davis has more home runs um, than Moreland does this year, but he's also He's battling with his batting average and his his, his on base percentage and, and OPS actually are, are you know a little bit below where Mitch is. How's his How's his WAR? You like WAR, Evan? Evan is not responding to the WAR comment. Did Did Barry say something or did he? <laughs> yeah, Barry wanted to know. Him? He wanted to know what Mitch's WAR is. Mitch's WAR. I don't have Mitch's WAR in front of me. No. I do have Mitch's OPS and it's 880 compared to Davis's 794. So that that's pretty good. That's pretty yeah, good. It, and this is what they were counting on when they gave up Davis. They were counting on Moreland being a guy that was a little more of a grinder, a guy who wasn't going to strike out as much, a guy who was going to have a better OBP than than Chris, right? Right. They they thought that that he would not strike, yeah, he would not strike out as much. He'd reach base a little bit more. I think they knew they were giving up um some defense on on uh, by uh, by moving um, Chris Davis. What's his name? <laughs> Chris Davis. I was trying to look up war. We hate. I, I didn't really hate to distract. I, didn't, I don't really care, Evan. But I know you're 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 a fanatic for war. I don't think he's a fanatic. I don't think he's really a fanatic for war, uh, as Barry says. But he, but he likes. It. You should. You should be paying attention to these scientific measurements that we can take now on players and their and the impact they really have, as opposed to what we think they have. Well, and yeah. I mean, and I think this is one thing you've seen the Rangers. You know, at first base in particular, you saw the Rangers go through a period of of falling in and out of love with guys very quickly. It was Davis, and then it was Smoke, and then it was Moreland, um, and then they, they 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 fell out of love with Moreland. And I think to some extent, you know, Mitch probably smelled a little bit of that, and and I think that that impacted him in in some ways. And that that you know, he did lose some confidence in 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 thinking that this team had confidence in him. Um, and, and, and I, so I think another thing that's, that's played a big part here is that this team this year has said, you know what, you are the better defensive first baseman. Prince is on board with, with understanding that. And you go out and play first base every day. And, and I think that's those actions more than anything else have made Mitch Moreland feel like, okay, maybe there is some belief in what I can do here. All right, Evan, let's let's move on to a larger perspective on the Rangers. What have we learned about them in the month of June? What have we learned about this team in the month of June? Um, well, here are a couple things that I jotted down in, just in preparation for this conversation, Kevin, because I'm nothing if not prepared. And um, I'm going to, as soon as I can open my document on my computer, I'm going to let you know exactly what those are. Uh, but no, I think the first thing that they very nice saying while you uh, get your computer. You can't open. even hear me. Uh, I think the, look. I think the first thing that they that they learned, or the most significant thing that they learned this month, is that this team's offense is in large part reliant on a Rule Five draft pick, which sounds bizarre, but the offense was was moving at a at a different clip when Delano DeShields was in there, and and. It was it was a formidable offense at that point in time, and 
And so when he gets back, uh, they hope at the end of this week or, or the early or the first of, of next week that he'll go back into the leadoff spot. I think it's very possible that that he will either, at the very least, share time in center field with, with Leonis Martin, or he may displace Leonis Martin in center field. Um, I think that's that's a key to, to, to really getting this offense going. Um, I think the other thing we learned is another thing we learned is Joey Gallo is as advertised, and, and we talked about that right, you know, in the last few minutes that he's got all the power in the world, but he's also he's got some some issues with his swing that are going to have to be that are going to have to be addressed. Um, I th- believe, and, and I'm going to guess that you guys are in agreement, even though Kevin has a man crush on Cole Hamels, is that. We can talk about starting pitching all we want, but this team's not going anywhere if it doesn't fix its bullpen. And you can acquire Cole Hamels, and, and there might be a trade out there to be made, but you're not going to get to the playoffs if you can't secure leads. And 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 this team has an issue with that. And and the other thing that I I, I put down is that you know, Rugnet Odor uh, did not magically lose the ability to hit. They didn't make a bad evaluation on on, on Rugnet. He's he went back to the minor leagues and and got himself fixed. And a lot of credit goes to him for going back down there with the right approach, the right attitude, being coachable. And he has come back up here and on both sides of the ball been very effective. I've been as as, as much of the, you know I think he had he had five straight up bats with hits uh, over the over Sunday Monday at one point in time. He's he's hitting about 350 since he came back. But I think his approach on defense has been outstanding. He's been much more aggressive than going after the ball and been pretty smooth, to all things considered. So if it works so well for Ruggie to send him down, what's to keep them from sending down Leonis Martin so he can figure it out? That's a, that's a great question. I, I, I think that there's a lot of thought about should we send Leonis Martin out? And once the liner to Shields comes back and you've got a guy who can play center field every day or a situation where you've got Hamilton and DeShields who could share some of the center field burden, then that becomes much more realistic. The part of it that becomes very complicated is Martin has three-plus years in, in the big leagues, um, whereas Rugnet had less than a full year. Right. And do you get to a point with Leonis where sending him down only further destroys his confidence, and the guy won't be able to build back up. I suppose if the guy is that weak uh, uh, mentally, then then maybe he's not a championship player. But I, I think in, in the in, in the era of the game that we're in, I think it's it's something you certainly have to consider. They have the ability to send him down, and I think it's on the table. But whether or not they do that, I, I think they've got to consider what that's going to do to the guy's psyche. Evan, we could talk baseball all day with you. You know that. But uh, we're going to have to let you go. I, I think uh, you know, we're calling you on, on Luke's uh, cell phone, and I think his, his bill has just gone through the roof. He did not have unlimited. So uh, at any rate, it's been great talking to you. Have a great time up there. Eat some crab cakes for us. Say goodbye for me. And, and oh, you guys are the best. I miss you so much. Yeah, go, <laughs> okay, go, that's go, go eat with Eric. Go <laughs> go have lunch. I know Eric's waiting at your door. Go eat. Yes, he is. Eric's waiting for you. So go go have a go have a good time, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, bye guys. Bye, Evan.
That was the great Evan Grant, one of our all-time favorites. You know, he's an old friend of the show. He is the show. Oh, that's true. That's right. And, and if you don't believe me, ask him. Yeah, that's no, no question about that. All right. So now we, we talked about the Rangers. Something's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, what starts tomorrow, Barry? Well, tomorrow's Wednesday, the 1st, because we don't know exactly when people will be listening to this. So we're talking about Wednesday 1st, NBA free agency. Is, is that right? That is correct. Oh, I got that right. Yes, you did. And and tomorrow, the the Mavericks, Mark Cuban, Donnie Nelson, uh, Chandler Parsons, you know, I don't know. The L.A. Mavericks. They're all out in L.A. Yeah, yeah. Cowboys cheerleaders. They're all going to be out there courting one DeAndre Jordan. This, is, this, is this the guy you want for them? I just want somebody to want to come home. You know, after all, after all these years, somebody <laughs> this, this from this is not really home. You know, well, he's from this, it's the state of Texas. Okay, okay? And, and everybody, everybody I talk to in the Northeast, they always say, "What's?" They always say to me, "What's going on in El Paso?" And I, and I try to tell them, "El Paso's a million miles away from here." <laughs> but, but it is but further th- from El Paso to L.A. than it is from El Paso to Houston. That's an amazing. I'm sorry, it's further from Houston to L.A. From Houston, Houston, LA. okay, Mr. I can sit a minute. This is okay. We'll have we'll be back with the geography B in just a minute. Yeah, all right. Houston to El Paso is further than from El Paso to LA. That's that's what I meant. All thank right. you, thank you for yeah. clearing that up. And we we know that, but it's amazing how Yankees people up north they'll ask me what's going on in Houston, what's going on in San Antonio. They think we're neighbors, and they they don't understand that that we're a whole different world apart. But it, I think it's an interesting thing that when when he comes back. Um, or if, if he comes back, he'll be the first. A guy from Houston who wants to come to Dallas and play. Guys from Dallas, guys from Seagullville, guys from the Colony, they don't want to come back. Well, here's here's the situation we got. Uh, there, there are two big targets in free agency are LaMarcus Aldridge and DeAndre Jordan. Here's my point. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is not, who is from Seagullville, is not coming, coming back to play. Who's from the Colony, Dallas. quick. Uh, that would be Darren Williams. Okay. So, at any rate, he is not coming back to play for the Mavericks. He might play uh, for the San Antonio Spurs. He might play for the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, that'd be nice here. A guy from from Dallas will play in San Antonio, and if a guy from Houston will play, play in, in Dallas, Dallas. I, I'm fine with that. Are you why, fine with that? I'm fine with that. But why, why do you think it is? And, and actually, I've come around to this conclusion. I think that DeAndre Jordan may be a better fit for the Mavericks than, uh, than LaMarcus Aldridge. And and you know why that is? You're going to ask me why that is? Why is that, Kevin? The reason is is because a he's a center, uh, and and at this point in his career, Dirk, who is obviously in decline, uh, and and probably shouldn't be playing every night, but he, he's he should still, be playing. He should be should he be starting? He should be starting. He's still pretty good. All right. So that and it is very difficult to find power forwards. Very difficult. So that's why they wanted Lamarcus Aldridge in the first place. He's 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 a very talented player. But uh, of of the two. Uh, DeAndre's younger. He's 26 years old. Uh, and he's a he's a great shot blocker, great defensive player, great uh, rebounder, uh, and he can score a little bit if you get him the ball in the right place. If they have a guard who can get him, the if ball. they have the ball again, and who's going to be the point guard? Uh, that's a good question. Is it going to be Mo Williams? Is it the annual question? Is it going to be Mo Williams? Is, has he ever? You know, everybody says he has, he lives, he has a house here, but has he ever come back before? No, he has not, and he's 31 years old now. Uh, you know, I think Eddie Sefko made the point the other day. He's very similar to Devin Harris, uh, and and the point that he may you, you may not want that. You may want a different kind of guy. But if you got two Devin Harrises, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And I would like to make the point that uh, if we're talking about Devin Harris, he worked awfully well with Brandon Wright, right? Correct. I didn't say that Correct. twice. Correct. Correct. Yes, that's what I meant to say. Correct. Uh, he worked very well with him. That makes me think that Devin and DeAndre Jordan would be a very nice pair, right? 
Absolutely. So, so I, I think just, just, just like you and I are making a very nice pair, and Evan Grant somewhere when he listens to this, he's going to be so he's going to have spilkis. He's going to be so worried uh, that that we're that we're we've elbowed him out. I can't believe we're still getting Yiddish in here. All right, but but here, here's the thing about DeAndre Jordan. When people and I wrote this in my column today, when people say, "Why would DeAndre Jordan want to come here? Why wouldn't he want to stay with the Clippers?" Where First of all, he can make more money, right? Along, he gets another year on his deal. He can make great more money. Po- great point guard to got get a, him the ball. Got him a great point guard. Alley oop him. Absolutely. Got a, got a great power forward to work with, Blake Griffin. Both young guys, too. These are not old guys. These are guys in their prime. This is a team that went to the second round of the playoffs and played very well. All right? Why do you want to leave all of that to come play for the Mavericks? Maybe you want to be – You maybe you want the universe or is it the solar system to circle around you. Yeah. You want to be the star. You don't want to be the third wheel. You want to be the star. Maybe that's what DeAndre Jordan wants. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's absolutely what it is. He's not, he wasn't even an all-star out there. And the guy's leading the league in rebounding. Uh, you know, he's been a tremendous player out there. And he gets overlooked because of the two guys in front of him. If I'm the, if I'm the Mavericks, I would tell them all that stuff you hear about LaMarcus Aldridge, Forget that. Those were just rumors, idiot reports. We want you. We want you. You're, you we are our want guy. you. That's absolutely what they have to sell him. I think he wants to come here because he knows he can be that number one guy. That's what Chandler Parsons is telling him. You can be the number one guy, and I'll be the number two guy because I was the number three guy in Houston. So now he'll be the number two. Yeah. So who, who, Are you happy with that? Uh, you know, this this team, even if they get... So down, where's Dirk? Is Dirk three now? Dirk would be three then. That's absolutely correct. Uh, and, 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 of course, it depends on what else they get. If they get Mo Williams, you know, if that's what they end up with is the point guard. That, I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, who, who's the two guard going to be? How about the draft choice? How about the guy... Are you ready to start the draft choice? Justin Anderson? Why not? Virginia? Why not? Why not? He's a big guy. He's a, as, as we all know, he's a three and D as you Explain have, what that means, the 3 and D. He can hit the 3, yes. and he can play D. Well, that, it has nothing to do with being the 3 on the court, no, that, it does not, not the small forward. No, so it is he, not. So he's big. He's I think he's, what, 6'6". Six, six. He's got the— 230. He's a big, thick kid, as they say. He's got the big wingspan. He can play defense. I love you know I love the whole thing about wingspan in basketball. Don't you know it's, that now? It's, 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 it's the newest, it's the hottest fad wingspan. And no one has wingspan that matches their height. Apparently, everybody's wingspan is is a it's, foot longer oh, than. Oh, you got than five six guys with a seven foot wingspan. It's unbelievable. It's like how, how do they? You know, I don't, I don't understand this. But anyway, wingspan is everything. But we talk let, about. let me ask you about a guy who we haven't mentioned, who I liked last year, who I, I think could be a great contributor for the team. We haven't mentioned him, and that's uh, Aminu. Yeah, Al Farouk Aminu. Yeah. You, you know, they, well, they, they liked him all along. You know, what they hoped he would be is a 3 and D guy. That's what they hoped he would be. And, and unfortunately, he doesn't really have the three. But uh, he's a D. He's a D, and he's got a lot of energy. And he's very athletic. He can really finish. Uh, so th- I think they decided in the end maybe that, that the three is, is okay if he, because he has these other two so, so well. But the problem is, is that they're hoping to get him with a mid-level exception, which would be around $4 million. And if, if they – and unfortunately, because he played so well in the playoffs against the Rockets, a lot of teams are looking at him. They, they like him, and I'm afraid that, that he's probably priced out of their range. So the guy came, he, he, he played, he lived up to what they thought it could be, and now they're going to lose him. Yeah, that could happen. They would love to have him back. Uh, he, he's, he's there. He, he'd be a great guy bringing off the bench. What you want is those high-energy guys coming off the bench, and that's what he has. And he'd be terrific. All right, let me throw another name at you real quick. Okay. Danny Green. Danny, you know, everybody's talking about Danny Green coming to, to the Mavericks. You know, Eddie Sefko says that you, you, don't, you don't go from one hated rival to the next. Well, that, that unfortunately, that does happen. You know, didn't Johnny Didn't, Damon go to play for the Yankees? 
Right? Where did Chandler Parsons come from? I mean, th- th- there's not exactly a great love affair between the Rockets and the Mavericks, is there? No, no. So yeah, so they, so these did, guys did Michael Finley go from Michael where to Finley where? went from uh, from here to San Antonio. So uh, you know, Danny Green would be nice. They would like Wesley Matthews. Uh, Eddie, Eddie makes a great point about Wesley and the fact that he was really on his way last year to having a great year and and heading into free agency was going to make a lot of money. Got hurt. It's really going to hurt him from that standpoint this year. Probably take a one-year deal now because cap rises next year. He's smart. You take that one-year deal now, play, show that you're really ready to, to, to move ahead, and then hit your big jackpot next summer. So we, we, we've, we've – can Joey Gallo play for the Mavericks? Can, can he stay up here and play for – he's big, he's fast, he's quick. It's not that big. He's Six athletic. Four. Six five somewhere in there. Oh, maybe he could be a, maybe he could be a two and D guy. <laughs> yes, yeah, let's let's uh, let's let that one go. So if the if the Mavericks are, are, are while they're putting all this together, I, I think the point uh, that we we're looking at now we, we've all talked about Dirk receding a little bit, maybe coming off the bench. I don't see that happening now. I don't I don't see them putting together a, a, a roster at this point where Dirk we had the luxury of Dirk coming. Well, off let the me bench. ask you a question about Dirk. You went and saw the Dirk movie. Uh, you've seen the Dirk movie. I did see the. Can, Dirk can movie. he make a seamless trans? I know it's a documentary, but can you see him make a seamless transition from the court to the silver screen? No. I cannot. You know, one of the things that, that you love about Dirk, uh, is, and it comes across in this documentary, uh, that was it's a German production. It was backed by uh, Mark Cuban. It showed the, we saw it at the Magnolia the other night. Uh, it's very very uh, typical uh, European production, kind of quirky and eccentric and, and got some funny Does it things have subtitles? In there. Uh, it does have subtitles oh. because a lot of times he's speaking in German uh, because it, it showed, it's already showed in Germany. It's a big hit over there. Uh, and and it's got his friends speaking in German, really? and his and his parents. His parents don't ever speak in English. We don't ever hear that, or his sister either, Silky. So uh, w- what you got to see, and it is it's stuff that's not so surprising. It's it's what you would expect in a way, but it, it's very humble roots. Uh, his, it, you saw how uh, his mother very protective of him, uh, and it was very difficult for her to let go of him, let him come over here, her only only son, her baby boy. All right, let me ask you the Chris Wagner question: How many stars? Uh, I'm, you know what? For 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 what it is, I'm going to give it three and a half. What, what would you give the Third Man? Your all time favorite movie? That's not my all time. What's favorite. your all time favorite? Movie? We're, we're not. Compared. What is your What is your all time favorite movie? Because Dirk, because Dirk could be the Third Man on the Mavericks next year. Oh, look at you! Uh, you know, the Third Man's a great movie. You know, Orson Welles. Uh, a little slow starting. I watched it. The only reason I watched it is you told me to watch it, and it was slow. But it turned out great, did it not? Eventually, yes. That's all that matters. Uh, I, I, you know what? It's it's a good movie. People should go see it when it comes out. Because you know, cause here's the thing about Dirk. You know, he is one of the all time great players to ever come through this town in any sport. Right? He's he's a, he's a top ten player in any sport, probably uh, of guys who come through in his sport. Not in, a, in his. No, well, I mean, I, I'm saying in, 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 of any Dallas player, a Maverick, a Cowboy, a Ranger, uh, a Star. I, I'm saying that Dirk's a top ten. Is Emmett Smith a top ten? Yes. It's, you know, this is going to be a very exclusive group, right? These are people who have the potential to be on your Mount Rushmore plus six, right? All right. So, so well, let me ask you that. Have, have the Rangers ever had a top ten? Pudge Rodriguez. Pudge Rodriguez. Absolutely. We're, I'm talking about, if you're talking no, about. No, I understand what yeah, you're saying. The qualification is, are you among the top three or four ever at your position? Okay. Right? Pudge right. is certainly that. Oh, could, and I, he could be one or two? He could. So, And I'm saying that Dirk is certainly one of the top two or three power forwards ever. Really, not very many Top great power two forwards. Two or three power forwards. Well, you got first of all, you got Carl Malone, right? One. 
No, no, number that's one. Right. It depends on what you call Tim Duncan. You call him a power forward, you call him a center. Uh, yeah. so that, Dirk, is, Dirk is three. That, and we haven't, we haven't even... There are some other guys in there. But we haven't even gone to the Eastern Conference. But you know, Rick Carlisle has always said he's in the top 12. So at okay. any rate, the thing is, for a guy of that stature... He is one of the most humble people you'd ever want to be around in your life. He is. He's, he, great. he's so. He is great, and it's and it's every, every bit of it sincere and, and earnest. He's, there's nothing fake about him whatsoever, and then that comes across in this documentary. He talks about he he really can't believe that people still want his autograph. That they still you know why why do they want pictures with me? You know he, he's he's really a great guy. Uh, so people should go see him just for that to maybe to appreciate this guy a little bit more. I think for all that he's done and, and all that he's been in this town. He's still underappreciated. Well, let me let's change the subject real quick because the consultants who talked to us before we started this said you cannot do a podcast without talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. So let, let, let's play Evan Grant's favorite game, Words with Friends. Words with let Friends. Let me give you a word. Let's see if you could connect this to the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Somersault. Could that be? Could that be Des Bryant doing the backflip at uh, the Dirk oh, Nowitzki uh, charity game? I believe that is. Yes, that it is. Wait, were you bothered by that? No. Me neither. No, but people. Oh my God, he doesn't have a contract. It's it, it's it's out of control. What was going to happen? He could have fallen, but he, he would. But he would have gotten up. He would have gotten up. He's he's a big guy. He's a big guy. That wouldn't have been a problem for me. Him doing that. Yeah. All right. Here's here's mine for here's my word or name for you, Marv Albert. The greatest. The best. Number one. I can't, as you know, I wasn't born here in Dallas. I uh, but I got here as quick as I could. Yes, you did. Of course, it Plano is actually where you ended up, but you know. I'm proud to be a Plain, Plano-ite. Plano-ite. Plano-Indian. Yeah, uh, but anyway, but let me, let me just say this. You talk to anybody who grew, grew up in New York, and, and I've talked to Eric Nadell about this. I've talked to Chuck Cooperstein about this. Brad Sham, he's from Chicago. So we, we, what does he know? We, what does he know? He's, you know he thinks, they, he thinks they have good hot dogs in Chicago. It's, it's cr- good pizza, deep yeah. dish, ridiculous. Yeah. But you talk to anybody who grew up in New York. You talk to Mike Breen, who is now uh, the lead uh, broadcaster. for. He's done 10 finals. Uh, NBA Finals. You talk to anybody who grew up there, Marv Albert is the man. He is the greatest broadcaster. Uh, he was a great hockey broadcaster. He did the Rangers and the Knicks at the same time. Not the same time, but same seasons. Sometimes he, he couldn't be at both. But but he, he, he did both. Terrific, sensational guy. And let me tell you something. That guy cannot get enough work. He, he shows up everywhere. Now he's doing boxing, which he does a nice job on on, on NBC. For years, he did uh, Sunday night or Monday night football on the radio. The guy's terrific. I don't, I don't want to hear you say one bad thing about him. Don't bring up anybody from Houston. I know you're going to bring up somebody somebody from Houston <laughs> who you listened bring... to when you grew up. No. And, I'm not and, bringing up anybody from Houston, but I am going to bring up this. Lingerie. And thank you very much for listening to, uh, <laughs> to uh, edition number eight. This is episode eight of, episode of our eight. podcast. Evan Grant, Travel Safe. Kevin, it was great seeing you, although your, your, the cheap shot was ridiculous and, and beneath you. No, no, nothing's beneath me. All right. No, let's nothing. say goodbye, Kevin. Goodbye, Kevin. Goodbye, Kevin. Goodbye, Evan. We'll see you next week. See you next week.